Hi friends, welcome to the Friends of France podcast. In this safe space, we are favored in each episode with the presence of an expert guest from different fields and specialties as we learn about their life journeys, their successes, possible regrets, and realizations, their work, why they do what they do, and even their life outside of work. In here, we tear down common myths and misinformation with up-to-date, evidence-based science and data simplified for anyone to digest. We don't shy away from topics that can sometimes be polarizing or taboo. We normalize the humanization of healthcare and its workers, and we promote the importance of self-care and safeguarding your mental health. Please keep in mind that the conversations in this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. They are not implied or intended to be a substitute for professional medical diagnosis, advice, or treatment. Please always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare providers regarding a medical condition. Are you ready? Let's go! Hello! What's up, man? How are you? Thank you so much for joining me today on this lovely yeah. Friday afternoon. Yeah, thanks for having me. And if you could just first please introduce yourself to everybody. My name is Hamza. I am a dentist practicing in Austin, Texas. I moved here about a year and a half now. And I'm originally from Houston, but I was born in Africa. And I think you and I kind of connected on the whole mental health aspect of healthcare and how that's been a bit more focused on lately because of everything we've been through with COVID and stuff. So, you know, I've been through a little few things in my life recently that kind of made me a little bit more focused on that. And I've had incredible friends. Some of them are on here. So thanks for coming on guys. But yeah, I think it's a really incredible kind of path we've gone through as healthcare providers, trying to focus more on that and bring more attention to that. And just to be on this kind of like medium to be able to talk about that stuff is really great too, because it, further normalizes that whole yeah. stance on it and gives people a voice to talk about this stuff instead of kind of harboring it. And yeah, being a straight male who's brown and Muslim and lives in Texas, I have like the perfect trio of reasons to not talk about this stuff. But uh, I'm trying to normalize it as best as I can, you know, without, you know, like, I don't want to make it my personality trait. I want to make it just a normal thing that anybody can talk about no matter what background you come from. So yeah, thank you for having me on. This is awesome. Yeah, of course. Thank you. You know, I always say that social media is kind of like a double-edged sword because there's so many bad things that could come out of it. And we see that daily, right? But there's also so many beautiful things that come out of it too. Like, I think especially during the whole pandemic, it kind of made the world smaller in a sense that everyone got connected online like people yeah. won't think you would ever mean your lifetime you meet online then you become like the closest of friends so it's such a beautiful thing and yeah. all of that has led to a connection like what's happening now you sharing the space here with me so thank you so much and we have so many things to talk about and yes you're saying that you are a dentist and i know here in the united states i just want to talk about you more for a bit is it's undergrad and then it's dental school and then i know you have options for residency if you would like right and then you practice as a fully-fledged dentist i want to know what's the inspirations behind going to the field of dentistry uh so that's like a question I always get and I like never have a straight answer for it. But for me, it was like an intersection of art and science. And I think dentistry is really cool in that you don't have to do one specific thing. There's so many avenues you can go through. And my dad's a business owner, so he always wanted me to go into business and run businesses and whatnot. And the beautiful thing about dentistry is you can still do that too. So outside of science and art, there's also mm -hmm. the business scope where you can actually do that. So I kind of like that no matter what I did in this field, there's always a different way to 
go and also teaching, you know, like I thought if I ever want to go that route and teach students or become a professor, that would be great too, if I ever plan on retiring. And yeah, so there was that. And then I shadowed a dentist when I was in uh, high school, I shadowed a lot of different doctors. And the one thing that really drew me to the dentistry aspect of it, which is probably a bad answer, but he had so much time off outside of dentistry to do stuff he liked, <laughs> like tra- traveling, playing golf. you know, like he worked like four days a week. And he worked like eight to three. And the rest of the time, he was just enjoying his life. And I like that aspect, because I think in healthcare, unfortunately, we are burnt out a lot. And mm-hmm. hospitals do take advantage of nurses and doctors. And I think just to be able to have your own control over that was really like something I saw way ahead of time. I didn't expect it to get this bad in certain fields, but you know, dentistry is definitely not as good as it used to be. Mm -hmm. But fortunately, there's still some control that we have over it. And uh, even as a community, dentists are really great about protecting each other and lobbying for our rights as dentists. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing I love about this profession is like, we're such a communal profession where everybody stands behind each other and uh, make sure that we're protected by our rights, even during COVID. So yeah, I think it was kind of all that stuff coalesced in what so that answers your question. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and you were talking about how much the system, the healthcare system itself, like there's so many barriers against us that's built around it, right? And it can be toxic and there's a lot of burnout. And But prior to that, even now as a practicing dentist, I know there were so many tolls that it took before you got there, right? Like an undergrad... Yeah. In dental school, I mean, the amount of time that you spend, the effort, you know, the mental and the emotional drainage and yeah. even the financial aspect. I think I was talking to Dr. Joyce, the dentist, the other week, and we were talking about how the survey said that the top 20 highest tuition in the United States and that I think the top five are all different dental specialties. Yeah, and um, so all of that in mind, like the money involved, the sacrifices involved, the amount of study involved. Now as a practicing dentist, do you have any regrets in pursuing the field? Uh, I mean, yeah, the depth is always a big regret, but I don't know. I just try to look at it as like, am I doing something that I love? Am I happy in what Mm -hmm. I'm doing? And uh, just recently, you know, like I was actually working at a different office just a few weeks ago and I wasn't happy and it wasn't at fault with that office or anything. It just, I was not in a place that really suited me. So I've always tried to be a bit more responsible now, like knowing that that's one drawback that, okay, like if I do have to, you know, pay off this debt and stuff, I need to make sure that I'm also doing something that I love and make sure that it was worth pursuing this. And so, you know, now I'm at a new office and I love where I'm at. And with that also comes, I don't know, I feel like when you love what you do and it's effortless, you naturally make more in this practice too, because you're you're more natural with your patients, you're more authentic, you do what you love and you're great at it and the money will come naturally. And hopefully that'll pay off debts eventually. But yeah, I mean, Dentistry, unfortunately, is getting worse over time with that. So my advice to anyone listening, if you're a pre-dental student or going into thinking about that, just really consider that because, you know, I hate to be that person to like draw you away from the field, but like it is a lot of debt you're going to get into and just make sure you're not only like emotionally capable of doing it, but also just like, you know, you're mentally prepared for to take on that financial path. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, you told me recently as well, you mentioned that you recently left an office and now you're in a place where you're much happier. And 
I want to delve more into that. Like, what are your barometers and parameters of happiness when it comes to your profession or your specific job or an office? Like, how do you know? Obviously, it differs amongst different people. But for you, how do you know that you're no longer happy in an office? And what are those signs that you look for if there are? I mean, I used to be a typical guy that didn't think about like negative energy or like, you know, karma around that place. And as of this recent office, like I just, every day I went in there, I felt like I'm going to work. I'm going to get off at work and go straight home. Like as soon as I can, like I never felt like I was going to do something that I loved and it sucked because I actually love dentistry. I love what I do. I Mm -hmm. love the hand skills involved in it. I love the techniques. And so that's when I started to realize this is not a good sign. When I started to feel like I was going to do a job. And that's actually why I got into dentistry is to not work a nine to five cubicle desk job. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Some people are amazing at that. It just, I knew that I wanted to be in a field that had variety and nobody was like looking over my shoulder or telling me what to do or whatnot. And I started to kind of feel that way. And so I wanted to, I also had like a lot of other issues that kind of tied into that workplace, like a lot of negative memories from that workplace that were out, you know, not specific to that workplace, but I was dealing with outside of it. So I think once I got out of it and got into this new office, I could feel the positive energy. I could feel that independence and autonomy that I have now with my decision making. I know where I'm going with my path in this office. Like I know I'm going to be a partner eventually. And that kind of gives me further investment in this office. So I think my input to anyone who's working a job right now is if it starts to feel like you're just going to work every day, you're just waiting for that clock to tick to time off or Mm -hmm. to get out, then that's, you know, probably not a great sign. And that's not something you want to be in. And I was also getting comfortable. I was just like, I was like, okay, well, I can stay here because the pay is good. And I might not be happy, but like, it's easier to just stay here than go somewhere else. And so I needed that discomfort again because I was used to that discomfort going from undergrad to dental school to moving. Like I was just always used to like moving and being uncomfortable. And for a short amount of time now, I was comfortable. So I needed that kind of push to get out. And now I'm really glad I did it. I have no regrets. And, you know, I'm still anxious and nervous about like where this is going to go. But I think that's part of the excitement of being in a new environment now because you never know where it's going to go and i always think ultimately like things work out for the best you know you yeah. go through these like shitty times and yeah. ultimately they put you towards a better path yeah and you were talking about like you're always moving right like from undergrad to dental school and you yeah. know i always think that especially for healthcare providers there's always different seasons like you're always transitioning from one thing to another right like you're a yeah. student, then you go to become another student as a graduate student or as a doctoral student and then you're in training and then yeah you're now practicing as a dentist how was that experience for you always changing roles from you know being someone who's being trained to someone now who's you're basically making executive decisions in people's oral health as a dentist right how, how was that transition and journey for you I mean, I think it's definitely a balance right now, because even though I am more executive in my decision making, I'm still a student of dentistry. Like, that's why they call it a practice, because you're always practicing and you're never perfect at it. And even now at this office, like my dentist uses laser dentistry, which is like incredible. It's like this brand new technology in dentistry that maybe 2% of dentists are using in the world right now, which is, you know, like. I never learned this in dental school. I don't know anything about it. And so I'm learning 
from the ground up right now. Mm-hmm. But it's exciting because it's like now I know that every day I go into the office, I'm going to learn something new and I'm not just doing the mundane tasks of mm-hmm. fillings and extractions and whatnot. So I think like with that, I just have to strike a balance with always maintaining some sense of humility and realizing that like I don't know everything and I never will know everything. And even when I talk to you, you know, like I, I can learn so much from nursing and uh, the healthcare environment. And Zai is one of my really good friends. And as a nurse, he's teaching me like a lot about like patient interactions and empathy and stuff like that. Because as, you know, as a dentist, we work in a field where people are constantly anxious and nervous mm-hmm. around us. And before I just got used to it, I was like, okay, this is just the standard. You just have to treat them and get them out as soon as you can. But now I'm trying to figure out better ways to not only treat them, but reverse their perspective of me and make feel more comfortable around me. And, uh, you know, the dentist I'm with right now, he used to be a nurse before he was a dentist, which is Mm -hmm. incredible, because he has this like, this background in that Mm -hmm. aspect. And yesterday, we had a patient who was super anxious and nervous. And he taught me that when you're done treating that patient, I want you to sit them down and say like, hey, you just came in and you faced one of your biggest fears. And you got through that fear. And overcame it like how incredible is that like now you can do that in the next aspect of your life anything you're fearful of you can look at this moment and look that you approached something and you faced it head on without any hesitation and like i'm so proud of you and that like made me like tear up in the moment because it's like i never thought about it like that like you know patients actually coming in there facing one of their largest fears and the moment they're done like it's a big thing for them but for us it's like okay the filling's done like get out next patient right but yeah. Like in reality, that was like a big thing that they overcame. And I never thought about it that way because I'm terrified of like skydiving or wasps. Mm-hmm. So like that is almost, that's pretty much equal to what they're going through. And I never thought about it in that way. As someone with acne and blemish prone skin, facial scarring and hyperpigmentation have always been my issues since high school. Acne has robbed me of my self-confidence throughout my schooling years, and having its visible reminders on my face to this day continues to do so. But I have found silver linings of hope having used RescueMD's DNA Repair Complex Serum. Plastic surgeon developed, RescueMD seeks to harness the powers of science and two decades of patient experience in providing a multi-benefit skin renewal serum that provides real results and improves the appearance of visible skin damage. Beyond my personal skin concerns, the serum also seeks to address a breadth of damage from varying external stressors, including hypertrophic and surgery scars, burns and chemical burns, cuts, scrapes, and bug bites. All of these are targeted by supporting the skin's natural healing process through its infusion with RescueMD's patented LabCall, a proprietary anti-inflammatory skincare technology that targets skin damage at the DNA level. The serum also contains a hand-selected blend of other ingredients such as peptides to help strengthen the skin, botanicals like rosehip to soothe, and moisturizing agents such as dimethicone and allantoin that helps to speed up skin recovery. The DNA Repair Complex Serum has been my daily friend, and every day, I feel like I can take back what my scars have stolen from me. Definitely, each skin is different and results are not guaranteed, but I hope that you can find your silver lining too. In partnership with RescueMD, you can get 15% off your order on RescueMD.com with the code FOF15. The serum is also now available on Bloomingdale's.com. Discover what healthy skin healing means with RescueMD. Growing up with my mom, who has been a nurse for the past 30 years, I would always take an adventure in her bookshelf filled with nursing and medical textbooks, encyclopedias, and various human anatomy posters. 
I still remember perusing through an encyclopedia as a six-year-old, trying to look for pictures of eyes and muscles, attempting to pronounce their lengthy names, since I could not really understand the explanations about the different body parts. Despite the myriad of children's books with topics ranging from magical universities to talking animals and the different types of rocks, there weren't really any books in the workings of the human body when I was a child. For children. Written by physicians, Dr. Betty and Dr. Brandon, the Medical School for Kids book series now provides a charming, easy-to-understand introduction to the wonders of the medical field. These books feature beautiful illustrations and simple explanations, teaching children, and adults alike, about the anatomy, physiology, and diseases of the body. From distinguishing a normal mole from melanoma, to discovering the importance of eating healthy food for heart health, to knowing the vital signs that are monitored in the operating room, people of all ages can truly learn something new through these books, as they are designed to teach real medical concepts to readers of all ages in ways that anyone can understand. Take an educational adventure into the intricacies of every organ system of the human body. Paperback copies of the books are available for purchase on Amazon.com and eligible for two-day prime delivery. Kindle versions of the books are also available on Amazon and free with Kindle Unlimited. You can also visit the website md4kids.org for more information. Get ready for an adventure on the medical school bus! I had so many cavities as a kid and I even I didn't even eat too many sweets when I was younger and I'd always get cavities and I, I forgot how many root canals I've had but the dentist was really a source of anxiety for me like growing up. And yeah. so to be able to give that, you know, that comfort, basically what we're trying to get is that, you know, the field of dentistry is inherently so beautiful and it's yeah. so comforting and it's amazing. And I think it's just the systems behind it, right? Like the faculties yeah. behind it that may contribute to, you know, the burnout or the threats to self-care and stuff like that. Given that the field is inherently beautiful and I know you touched upon this earlier, was there yeah. still ever a time that you felt like, you were going to leave the profession like yeah definitely at this last office like i straight up left and took four weeks i had four weeks off between mm -hmm. now and the next office and i flew to see my sister in europe mm -hmm. and yeah i was there for that amount of time and at one point my sister was like you know berlin's like a six hour train ride from here so i took that train ride and stayed in berlin for three days and I kind of just like stayed there alone, not only to like challenge myself to get back into solar traveling, but also to just like sit in my thoughts and think like, is this where I want to be for the next whatever? And yeah, I had a moment of thought, like maybe I'll just move to Europe and just because like, you know, fuck the like political system here and how they're like fucking women's rights and doing yeah, all this stuff, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I did have this like brief moment of thinking that, but then I thought, you know, like, I'm not going to let this one bad experience, just like my past relationship, ruin my chance at the next experience, right? And I kind of like didn't want to give that power to that experience. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to go into this next office with like a clear peace of mind and just try to be open to anything, like even if it's just like completely refreshing my entire knowledge that I've learned in dentistry and starting fresh. And I, I did try to come into it come back to America with an open mind and it's been good so far and I think I needed that break in between so like for again anyone who's going through that yeah just take some time off if yeah. you can afford to travel and just kind of clear your mind but I, I definitely think that 
that was the best thing I did was like get out of the environment to kind of assess it and get a bigger, broader perspective of it before coming back into it. Yeah, yeah it's so, like it's like it's like a refresh, like a restart, right? Like, yeah, it was like a little mini sabbatical, yeah. like a four week sabbatical yeah. I had to take. So yeah, yeah. I and I know recently you also had like a dental mission outside of the country, right? Yeah, and I think experiences like that, right? Yeah, Figs was incredible. They, you know, had all expenses like mission trip that we did. And that's another reason I love that company is because like they support healthcare workers in that capacity. And also, you know, in the sense that I was going through something personally. And when I went on this trip, it gave me even clearer perspective of like why I love this profession and seeing like the patients there and being able to interact and treat them. And then also just seeing like people appreciate you as a dentist is great because sometimes we take it for granted what we do. We just think we're going for a job. And then some patient will be like, you straight up changed how I interact with people. Now I can smile. Whereas before I wouldn't Uh smile because I was scared of showing myself. And uh, I don't think about that ever because I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to go treat this like weird cavity in their face. But you don't realize that that's been there for like their last 12 years of their life or whatever. So like again like i constantly hype them up but like thank you fix for giving me that experience because they also inspired me to love my profession again mm-hmm. um, indirectly so yeah definitely i wanted to share also that i had a patient probably a few years ago where he was in clinic and i forgot exactly i think i was about to take the blood pressure and the whole time they were talking to me about their you know medical history they were just covering their mouth with their hand the whole time and yeah. i was like oh, is everything okay? Like, is there anything paining you? They're like, and they said, oh, no, I don't ha- haven't had teeth for the past couple of years, so I haven't had the ability to smile since yeah. then. So, you, know. you have really good teeth, by the way. I was, like, <laughs> staring at your teeth this whole time. But, <laughs> yeah, you. probably, they're probably looking at your teeth, and they're like, God, this guy with amazing teeth. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My, I, I have a missing tooth because of a root canal, and then it's like, the tooth got infected and so that's why the dentist has always been my my source of anxiety growing yeah growing up but i get it i love dentists yeah it's it's true though like people really lose a lot of confidence with uh their smile and it's insane how something like that especially in america like i also realized in america having good teeth has a huge impact on people's success in their life like even as just professionals and in europe i noticed it's not as big but here it's like a bigger thing so that was another reason i really like um found more value in it but yeah hope your tooth's okay you can come here to austin get an implant (laughs) i know i have to i have to but yeah and um i I know when you went to kenya right for the mission yeah was it all were all of you like dentists no so no right uh, yeah yeah, originally there were uh, other dentists that were going to come with, but due to um, schedule conflicts and COVID having to reschedule us, we went at a later date. And mm-hmm. so those dentists couldn't go again. Um, so they were stuck with just me and this other girl who was really good. Her name is Bree. And mm-hmm. then there was an internal medicine doctor, an OBGYN oh, wow. and a nurse. And so oh. it was kind of nice because not only did they do that, but they also funded uh, an OR theater to be built there. So the other downside about like doing mission trips while I love doing them, a lot of it feels like it's very like temporary. You know, mm-hmm. you go there, you treat patients yeah. and you leave yeah. and there's still like a whole bunch of stuff yeah. that they still yeah. need. Right. Whereas with this, it's like we went there, we treated patients, we educated people. And then uh, we left like an actual foundation that they can mm-hmm. build upon. So I think like for me, that was like also 
a big reason for why I said yes to this trip mm-hmm. because it wasn't one of those like quick shots of yeah. dopamine yeah. for us to feel better about ourselves. So it was like yeah. we're actually like improving uh, a certain lifestyle in that area. Yeah. So, and yeah. I want to touch upon that because uh, yeah, I think I saw your post and I know that it wasn't like it's not just dentists. I know it's also other healthcare workers from different teams and yeah. And I wanted to touch more upon like because I think we're at a time also probably also exacerbated by social media where there's mm-hmm. so much vitriol and fighting amongst different faculties of healthcare, right? Like I feel like every field is fighting each other in healthcare. And you know, I wanted this talk to also be finding your identity within the healthcare sphere where there's so many professions, right? There's so many careers in the healthcare. <laughs> and yeah. We see subreddits of people fighting each other. We see in Instagram comments or TikTok. How do you think we can foster love and appreciation for each other in a world where everyone just has something <laughs> against each other? Uh, I don't know if I'm like any good spokesperson for that i mean i think like at the end of the day we're all like fighting the same fight right like we're dealing with like shitty government policies put against us we're dealing with shitty insurance companies screwing us over we're dealing with you know patients that need help so like we're we're all in the same boat we're just i don't know we're just i think the stress sometimes makes you turn against each other and i think the system's built to make us turn against each other sometimes like the way they kind of design the system is to make healthcare providers blame each other instead of realizing what's actually the cause of the issue. So I just try to look at it like that. Um, You know, there are times when I've probably been frustrated professions in the past, but (laughs) I think I've tried to like take a step back and be better Mm -hmm. about that and always like see like, am I blaming somebody else for a real reason or something within me? Like am I projecting stuff? And that applies to anything in life, right? Like, is it actually my exit fault or like, am I projecting like stuff like that? So yeah, in our profession, I think if we can all just kind of like breathe and take a step back and realize that like we're all just dealing with the same bullshit yeah. just in a different capacity, it'll make a big difference. And I think it's better lately, like with mental yeah. health and what happened to that resident lately, you know, I think it's, yeah. it's just bringing to life. Yeah, I mean, it's bringing to life more to the fact that like there's so many suicides in our profession and it's so incredibly um, sad that we're dealing with this kind of stuff and it doesn't matter if you're an internal med doctor or if you're a dentist yeah like i know dentists that have committed suicide i know mm-hmm. dental students that have committed suicide i know you know OBGYNs. like it doesn't matter we're all yeah. dealing with that um yeah. so hopefully like you know i hate to say but i hope stuff like that drives people to be a bit more conscientious yeah. to not push yeah. people into that situation yeah, definitely. I want to talk about that too. Is like we were talking about the system against us and burnt out and exhaustion and and I know you're very big in mental health and self care. And I think unfortunately it it takes events, unfortunate events like this, right, to bring things to light. And yeah, I wanted to know for you, like, why is mental health and self care such an important thing for you? I mean, it's just something that I neglected most of my life. I didn't focus on it until literally last year and i went i kind of skimmed through undergrad and dental school all being stressful times but Mm -hmm. i kind of just took that and just packed it away and was like Mm -hmm. i'll deal with this later like it's not a big deal let me focus on this exam coming up yeah and it wasn't until like 
ironically, something completely unrelated, like a breakup last year, that was a tipping point for me that I went into this really dark place. And I realized like, it wasn't just that breakup. It was like culmination of like all this anxiety I built up from dental school and everything else. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I am going to go see a therapist and I need to stop pushing this further away. Cause I would always say like, Oh, I'm going to get a therapist. Like I believed in therapy, but I was like, I don't need it right now. Like that's not really a focus for me right now. But then I realized like therapy is not like a, like a treatment. It's a, like a mm -hmm. prescriptive measure to kind mm -hmm. of keep you at, you know, baseline. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like anyone, like you take your, your vitamins and stuff to kind of keep you nice and healthy. And so then I just realized like I needed it. And I will need it no matter what. And I think that applies to all professions. And I think as a straight male in my mm -hmm. profession, having the luck to have like a little bit of a presence on Instagram, like not huge or whatever, but to be able to talk about that stuff and mm -hmm. share stuff about that was great because I reached a point where I was like, I'm not embarrassed to talk about this stuff. There's no point in hiding this stuff because we're all going through it. I've talked to so many guys about it. I've talked to so many of my friends who are other straight males and health professions mm -hmm. and we'll talk about it on the phone we'll talk about it in person but we'll never share it online and i think there's this like weird kind of like embarrassment about it and it's been a lot better people are i'm not like i'm not like the front runner for it like it's been mm -hmm. amazing how many people have done it but yeah. it's nice to like just put myself in that team now that's adding yeah. to it and bringing yeah. further light because it just inspires more people to do it. I've had so many like brown kids and like younger people like reach out and be like, hey, thank you for talking about this stuff because I've been struggling with it in dental school and stuff. And it's like, it's great to hear that because I was going through it in dental school, but it's not something I would have ever talked about because I never saw other people talk about it online, especially straight guys online. And yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's been incredible. I'm happy to like talk about it more. I'm not going to ever shy away from it. And I've made some incredible friends and I've fostered a great community out of it. Uh, I've got nothing but great results out of it. So there's no regrets in that regard. Like I, you and I connected on this. So that's another example of like the amazing success you get out of just being comfortable with yourself and talking yeah. about mental health, um, yeah. especially in healthcare. Yeah, especially in healthcare. I agree with that. I think for the longest time, it's a taboo topic for healthcare workers to talk about, you know, quote unquote sensitive stuff like this, like mental health, right? Yeah. I think there was a TikTok video that I watched. I think it was last night, actually, <laughs> in my bed. And I think she was talking about how when she was in surgical residency, the attending said, oh no, sorry, when she was in medical school and applying for surgical residency, I think the attending said not to make any comment or points about mental health on her application because it could be seen as weak. So oh, yeah. this was many years ago. And I, I think we've come to a point where it's getting better every year and hoping so it gets even better. And yeah, I wanted to segue this into the fact that in many cultures, I know for my culture, like healthcare workers, especially those who are doctors are seen as, you know, the glorified white coach, you know, prim and proper, good mm -hmm. conduct, always strong. Um, how do you separate that identity placed by society of what healthcare workers should be versus the realities of daily life where you get anxious we get stressed you know um yeah mental health and all of those aspects yeah i mean i think it makes sense in some ways because obviously mm -hmm. as a patient you don't want to see your yeah. come in another room shaking hands and stuff yeah. but like yeah. 
I think it's okay to show some vulnerability because I've started to do that more with patients now too. Mm -hmm. Like when a patient's anxious, I'm like, hey, you know, like I know that you're going through something right now. Like you're totally like validating their feelings and being a little bit more vulnerable and showing them that like, you know, you've been through that or you know what a panic attack is like. Mm -hmm. And uh, instead of like just trying to calm them down and be the, you know, the rigid person. And, you know, like a stupid example is like me painting my nails. Like, you wouldn't expect to like see your dentist walk into a room and like have his nails painted, but I've sparked so many amazing conversations talking about like Harry Styles and like um, <laughs> all this other stuff. And it's cool because now people come and talk, like see me as a dentist and think like, Oh, this is this cool dude that has similar music interests as me. Yeah. And like we're into the same movies, we're into the same music. And it's like just trying to humanize yourself as a provider. Mm -hmm. And I think, being this rigid person with no emotion and no feelings is like you're just removing yourself from the field of like human healthcare and being this like robot. And I, I as a patient, don't like that. Like, I want to be able yeah. to go see my doctor and be like, hey, well, did you watch like that Game of Thrones episode? Like, you know, like we can talk about things like that. And mm -hmm. yeah, hopefully this part of healthcare is getting like slowly like wiped out. Just like before, you know, there was like in dental school, there was like women were such a minority, but when I was in dental school, it was like 50, 50. And I think that's incredible. So I think like there's a nice little sweep out of that old white man uh, philosophy in healthcare. And I think it's being slowly replaced by women, gay rights. Like, you know, there's so many things that are just being normalized now. And I just hope that we're further progressing along that line. Like I think COVID, like it sucked in some ways, but I think it also helped sweep out some of that bullshit in other ways. All throughout high school and bouts of college, I suffered from severe acne. I cried almost every day looking at the mirror. I wore hoodies during the summer to hide my cheeks. When my mom asked me what I wanted for my birthday, all I wished for was a visit to the dermatologist. I tried so many products and saw so many estheticians, physicians, and other advanced providers. But I know that my mere access to these products and providers is a privilege. Many who suffer from acne and other skin conditions live in many underserved populations where access to dermatology specialists can be difficult due to limited resources. To help bridge this divide, Bana Padilla, a dermatology nurse practitioner, recently launched Your Skincare Experts Derm Course, which can allow other specialties to provide comprehensive care to patients through dermatology in places where access may be limited. The course can also be used to help better train extended providers within the field of dermatology to feel confident and empowered in their knowledge. From fortifying skin anatomy to identifying skin types and concerns, breaking down acne, building skincare routines, and going over active ingredients, the course seeks to further knowledge in skincare, anti-aging, acne, and overall holistic skin health. Friends of France is partnering with Your Skincare Expert so that you can get 10% of the course with the code FRANZ, that's F-R-A-N-Z, or visit yourskincareexpert.com slash FRANZ. My skin and my life were changed by the right products and the right people. Through this course, I hope that this would also be made possible for others. Anyone who knows me knows that I love boba. After a heavy dinner? No problem. I have a second stomach for boba, and sometimes even a third. But each cup of bubble tea is definitely a guilty pleasure, given that the average cafe-made milk tea has over 100 calories per serving, over 20 grams of high glycemic sugar, and is packed with artificial flavors. I am so glad that the guilty days are over with Twirl, the world's first canned, plant-based milk tea, with only 45 to 50 calories per serving, and containing 6 to 7 grams of sugar, and low glycemic sweeteners at that, goodbye to sugar crash, Twirl is made with pea milk, the most sustainable plant-based milk on the market, regenerating the soil where it comes from. 
This is thanks to the fact that fair trade and organic are the names of the game, as the seeds are sourced from biodiverse family farms in China, Japan, and Taiwan that practice sustainable farming techniques. No artificial flavors are ever used. Choose from three antioxidant flavors of the chocolatey Taiwan-style black milk tea, floral jasmine, and nutty hojicha. Enjoy all of these flavors, each being nitro-infused that you can feel and hear their fresh, silky, and creamy texture with each pop of the can. Let's enjoy tasty, creamy, shelf-stable, and healthy milk tea together for 10% off using the code FRANZ10. That's F-R-A-N-Z-1-0. Now available on twirlmilktea.com or Amazon. Twirl around in its goodness. And I wanted to talk about <laughs> the uh, So when you guessed it in the moment podcast by our dear friends, Jackie and yeah. Danielle, you were talking about how you know, you grew up with your sisters and your mom and how that shaped your worldviews. I was the same. I grew up with my cousins who were all girls. And from all of those worldviews that were, you know, cultivated in you, how does that affect your insights now about the world? And especially in the world where historically things have been constructed in a binary spectrum. And yeah. if you fall anywhere in between, between that, it's kind of subject to discrimination and raising of eyebrows. And how do you find, you know, daily peace in that knowing that, you know, you are a straight male and we have colorful males <laughs> here today? Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, it's I'm still working on that, too, because mm -hmm. there are times when I do feel self-conscious about it when I'm yeah. around older white professional dentist maybe yeah. because i'm like oh they'll probably think i'm less professional or something and that's my predisposed antiquated thought process because it's what i'm used to and i'm trying to be better about that too so i'm not perfect in that regard mm -hmm. like i do this because honestly it's like it's kind of therapeutic like it's nice like when i'm sometimes just doing it just like watching tv and it's a nice further uh, another way to express your personality and yeah. yeah it's just something that i enjoy doing but it's n in no way me being like like look at me like I, i'm uh comfortable with my sexuality more just like uh, i just realized i like doing it and now it's like fun to do and yeah there's other aspects i think that like do need to be like eradicated like only males can do this only females can do this but it's again it's not something that's going to take time again yeah. especially in healthcare i think like just recently like tattoos are normalized now i remember there was a time when people were afraid to show their tattoos as nurses yeah. and whatnot yeah. you have to wear sleeves but now it's like more normal so i think eventually like you know the the whole like male female distinction will be eradicated and removed but I don't know how long that's going to take. I think, you know, it's like baby steps, especially with like what we're dealing with, the, you know, everything right now. So we'll see. Yeah. And you also talked about how, you know, you were an immigrant and you're a person of color and you were also subject to racist experiences in the past. Yeah. What is, I guess, your biggest lessons about those hurtful experiences? And what do you think is your hope for those who are experiencing the same now, especially young children who probably just came into the country and are experiencing this whole new world of, <laughs> you know. Again, in a weird way, like I'm thankful I went through it because it mm -hmm. teaches us what is not right. It teaches us how you should never treat a human being. Yeah. Um, it taught me like the feeling that I had internally from all that, like, because I was in school when 9-11 happened. I was there when I was literally in my class when the towers got hit and they found out 
who it was and it was Muslims. And I remember mm-hmm. like at one point I had gym after and I went and sat in the bleachers because we we're all being talked to. And I was separated from everyone else because like every nobody wanted to sit with me. And I like kids were looking back at me and like almost like judging me as if I had like, you know, anything to do with it. And I remember that feeling because I, I did internalize it. I was like, fuck, like, I, I don't even like know why my religion would do this or my culture would do this. And it like, that sucks. Like, you know, I had nothing to do with it, but it, I remember that feeling and I never want to make anyone feel that way. And that's something that we just learn and we learn empathy. We learn respect. We realize that everybody's different. And I think the best thing I did was move to Austin where there's such a diversity of people here that I was able to get out of that bubble. And I think kids moving here who have to deal with it, I hope that, you know, while it sucks in the moment, it further drives our nation to be better people because we're going to eventually just be one melting pot. There's not going to be one exclusive race because we're all just like mating and mixing. And so I, I hope that that eventually, you know, removes this whole concept of being pure and like, yeah, uh, whatever. I mean, even here in New York, I mean, it's definitely a melting pot here. But I remember, like, during the start of COVID, and now we're hearing news of, like, China virus, China virus. Yeah. Like, you know, there were patients who would refuse my care when they confirmed that I was of Asian descent, right? So yeah. things like that, like, I, I know the feeling as well. And it's not a feeling that you would want to wish on anybody, right? Yeah. Like I remember going to the subway and I was the only Asian person in the subway car. And oh my gosh, like everybody moved away. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't do anything. So yeah, I, I know that feeling of alienation as well. And, you know, just someone looking at you and doesn't want to be near you. And, and I agree with you. Like, I, I hope there will come a time where it's really just a melting pot. And yeah, just hope we all... Yeah, there's like some empathy I have for them. Not saying that I validate their thought process, but there's also like a complete lack of education in their regard (laughs) or lack of experience. And so there's a certain extent where you like, I try to at least approach it. Like if I ever come across like a patient that's done that to me now, instead of like reacting with like uh, anger or like dismissing them as a patient or whatever, I try to like at least either reverse it if I can or. If I can't, then at least understand their perspective of why they think that way. Like I had one patient one time be like, oh, like, what's your first name? Because they just had my last name. And I was like, oh, my name, first name is Muhammad. And they're like, well, it's a good thing you don't have that on your scrubs because you might not get as many patients. And I was like, okay, like that's obviously not an appropriate thing to say. But then like I kind of like talked about her history and like where mm-hmm. she's from and what she does because she did mean it with like ill intent. But yeah. She just yeah. obviously grew up in that environment. Yeah. She was from the South in a country, mm-hmm. like a city of like, less than 100 people and i think like when you grow up around that type of environment you're used to phrases Mm -hmm. and things like that but you don't realize how it affects people but you know she was besides that a really nice person i think it just i'm trying to approach things with a little bit more empathy and understanding too because then it doesn't make us any better if like they hate us and then we respond with hate and then they hate us more you know it's like if you respond with kindness sometimes they'll be like well now i'm the asshole because like i just you know like i obviously was a bad person in that situation so yeah i mean it's a balance but you know not everyone's like that lady some of the some people are just pure hateful towards that and that's unfortunate but that's not our fault that's just you know something that hopefully they can change eventually over time yeah and through all of that um everything that we talked about and you know talks about mental health and burnout and finding our identity both in healthcare and outside of it though personal connection especially with patients 
can be so fun and be so fulfilling. It, it can also be so draining. She give yourself yeah. to them. Yeah. Like, how do you decompress out of work? How do you do self care? Well, the nail painting was one of them that helped a lot. Um, so now I understand why girls, because I remember my ex girlfriend used to do it in the past, and I'm like, how do you like have the patience to do that? Now I realize. But um, I mean, working out, um, playing soccer. Uh, I love movies. I watch movies all the time. Uh, my best way to decompress is to just like shut down from the world, which mm-hmm. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's just like a way to kind of get away from like, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm naturally an introvert. And so it takes a lot for me to be in public spaces and put out that energy because it takes a lot out of me. So whenever I get home, I just try to like remove myself from that space. And yeah, I mean, I've been into yoga a lot. Yoga as a dentist is incredible because our bodies are like just completely wrecked from it. And yeah, I try to spoil myself with like silly materialistic things every now and then. I'm really into like tech and gadgets and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I do that. And then traveling for me is like my ultimate like Mm -hmm. revival mechanism. So like whenever I'm going through like really tough mental health issues, like... Mm -hmm. I'll always like take like a week off or just try to get out. And thankfully I'm in a profession where I have that luxury to do Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I really uh, like, I'm really close to my family and I have family out of the country. So thankfully I have that to escape to whatever I need to. Uh, So yeah. Beautiful. And I know you told me before that you are really an introvert. So thank you so much for. Yeah. Thanks for having (laughs) me. Opening up yourself in this very public space. And yeah. Oh my I'm just uh, <laughs> avoiding the comments and not looking at anything else but your face so that will <laughs> Oh, no, like, it, it's truly such a pleasure and oh, thank you so much for being so transparent, so vulnerable. It's, it's, it's a very hard thing to do, especially on social media where there's so many ways that people can take what we say in factions yeah. and you know have their own interpretations about it but yeah i, I super agree with everything you said I, I just hope for a day um if it ever comes right where we just all learn how to love and care for and respect each other and not only that but also ourselves right to yeah we love ourselves and to respect ourselves knowing when to say yes, when to say no, knowing when we have reached our limits or even the moments before we reach our limit, right? Like not to overexhaust ourselves. And yeah, you have such a beautiful, and I told you this, you have such a beautiful and kind soul. And I am Thanks, so man. grateful to have been such a beneficiary of that today. Same, so, man. How's up? Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Chris. It was good to see you. I'll yeah, see you later. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Bye. Take care. We have now reached the end of the story. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Friends of Franz. I hope you had an enjoyable adventure learning about our expert guest, their work, and why they do the things that they do. Please check out the rest of the series available on all podcast platforms. Please also consider following the podcast on the platform that you prefer. Turn on the alerts for new episodes so you don't miss new stories. And give us a rating to support the show. You can find more updates on the podcast's official Instagram at Friends of Franz Pod or my personal Instagram at Chris Franz. That's without the I because there is no I in team. <laughs> I'm kidding. Someone already took the username. Have a great day or night, everybody.